Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're here with uh, another episode, and what would what what would this podcast be if we don't do a Christmas episode, right? A Christmas episode. You have to do a Christmas episode. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, obviously that's not that's not true. But uh, I did actually feel to to talk a little bit about the subject, the topic of of Christmas, because a lot of uh, what we've been talking about uh, the last few weeks has been getting uh, getting Jesus in His right perspective, or really in the right perspective. From our perspective, uh, we did an episode on Jesus Christ as King and an episode on Jesus Christ as Lord. I highly recommend going and checking those out. Uh, We are continuing that theme, and it just so happens to be the holiday season. People are out, you know, buying their Christmas uh, gifts and got their Christmas trees and their Christmas elf (laughs) and all the... All the things that uh, you know, we, we absolutely can't live without. I mean, it, you know, one of one of one of the I think it's commandment number sixteen or seventeen, right, in the Old Testament is uh, "Thou shalt have a merry Christmas." But uh, you know, what does Christmas mean to people nowadays? I think if you go and, and look up Christmas, uh, uh, you know, like the origins of it online. In any kind of dictionary, it's probably going to say something like, you know, celebration of Christ um, or his birth. But but really, the the definition of it is is not necessarily what uh, what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in what is the connotation. What what do people actually think of and do, and how do they behave when they're talking about Christmas? And I don't necessarily mean people that are uh, that are in the world, um, because supposedly this is a time that the the church, the, the quote unquote Christians, are uh, celebrating the birth of Christ. But is that really is that really what we do? Is that really what it's about? For a lot of people, the answer is no. For a lot of people, it's just a time to, you know get some toys for the kids and uh, sing some songs and, you know, drink some eggnog or whatever. And, um, you know, some people are going to really get, you know, give me flack for that one. Cause I know that there's a, there's a big uh, debate about um, uh, eggnog and, and how, you know, whether it's good or bad. And a lot of people don't, don't like eggnog. I like eggnog. I'm not real big on like, I got to run to the store and get some, but I mean, I like it. But uh, again, it's just it's one of those times of the year where it's supposed to be about Jesus, and yet he's kind of on the back burner for for the majority. Um, somewhere amongst the lawn ornaments, there might be a manger scene, you know, a little tiny manger scene over there next to the giant Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, and Frosty, like squeezed in between Frosty and Santa is like a a little little manger scene or whatever. Um, and again, I'm not, 
I'm not saying that, oh, well, you know, you're clearly not a real Christian if your entire lawn, you know, doesn't look like Bethlehem threw up on it or something. But what, what I'm saying is um, we need to get the right perspective as Christians. We need to have the right perspective. This is why we did the last couple of, of uh, episodes of this podcast. Um, we need to have a right view of Christ, of our role, of the kingdom of God, of the church. And these are just things that, um, to a great extent in the Western church, just abysmal. I mean, our understanding of the kingdom of God, many people, many churches, many uh, churchgoers, just their understanding of what the church is supposed to be, of what the kingdom of God is, of who who Jesus is and our role in this whole thing, it's just abysmal. I mean, we think that Jesus just came so that we can, you know, get out of hell free card. Uh, we can we can make it to heaven, and uh, in between, he's just supposed to heal us and bless us, and you know, whatever. We're supposed to show up uh, on Sundays if it's convenient for us. Uh, we're supposed to show up. I mean, if it's inconvenient, then of course you know don't do it. Um, I just don't think that's a that's a proper way to view this time of the year. If we are celebrating, we're going to call it Christmas, and uh, we are going to uh, talk about Christ, and it's the time that we're celebrating Him. Well, then why not um, why not actually do that? Why not actually make Him kind of a focal point of uh, what we're doing? So. Again, the definition of Christmas is not what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in how we really behave as people of God. Um, I can I can give a quick analogy, a quick uh, example of this. During now, don't take this the wrong way, but you know, during the holidays, a lot of times Christian ministry, Christian ministry. You know, we need to get out there and we need to fill in the blank. Right. Well, it's December. What do we need to be doing? We need to get out there and make sure kids have toys for Christmas. That The most important thing for the church to be doing in December is to make sure that children have toys from Target or Walmart to open on Christmas Day. That is, that is the thing we should really be focused on. I mean... It's a it's a horrible just tragedy that kids don't have a toy on Christmas. I'm not against giving kids toys on Christmas. Um, we actually have donated thousands of dollars um, to a ministry that we've partnered with that goes into places like orphanages and stuff and uh, gives children a toy and a Bible. And tries to show the love of Christ through that toy, look, meeting a need. Okay, I use that term very loosely. Meeting a want, um, showing some love to the child, and then attaching to it, hey, by the way, we're doing this because of Christian love, because Christ loves you, because we are, right, we are here doing this because we are driven by a love and a passion of Jesus Christ, from Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus loves you. That that I can get behind. But again, a lot of these ministries that just go out 
and just kind of willy-nilly show activity. We just need to show that we're doing something, right? Money has come in, and we just go out. And there's no attachment to the kingdom of God. There's no attachment to leading people to Christ. It's just doing a good deed for somebody. Now, again, you can use scriptures like, oh, you know, the Bible says that people will see your good deeds. Yeah, and then it says, and they will glorify your Father in heaven. There's an attachment to drawing people into Christ, drawing people into the kingdom of God. A a, a toy on Christmas is not a necessity. Uh, but if someone wants to be saved, having Christ is a necessity. Now, if the toy helps you br- open the door, helps you kind of break through that hardened heart. Maybe the parent uh, has been burned by churches or church people in the past and just showing some love to them and the family opens the door, breaks that wall down. Awesome. That's the way to go. But it shouldn't be this (coughs) sort of consumer-driven mentality and mindset. And that is what it becomes for many places, many churches, many people. And I want to encourage you this holiday season, make it about Jesus Christ. Um, look for places that are, you know, doing services, and it's not like, you know, they're singing Deck the Halls and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then, uh, you know, a 15-minute sermon on, you know, the nativity, and then we we get on up out of here and drink some hot chocolate. How about finding places that are actually going to worship the Lord, uh, make it about Jesus, ha- have some good solid teaching and preaching, maybe some some prayer. I mean, my goodness, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody on a Christmas service um, actually came to Christ? <laughs> like actually. Uh, obeyed the gospel? Wow, wouldn't that be uh, an, an amazing thing? And so, again, I know we can get where we live in this culture and we can get caught up in the consumerism. We can get caught up in all of the uh, all the things that the world tells us is important, but as Christians, I, again, I use that term in the biblical sense, as Christians, um, we need to keep Jesus at the forefront. And that takes, you know, it takes some doing. It takes parents teaching their children, have a good time, open some presents, but teach kids, hey, wait a minute, what what this is about, the reason this is called Christmas, maybe we should teach them that too. Um, It's interesting that in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 11, um, it says uh, the disciples, this is 1126, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. If you go and you look and you study what they were doing at Antioch, it says that, again, the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. One, they didn't call themselves Christians. Other people called them this because of how they lived, what they saw, what they were doing. Now, the Christians called themselves, you know, I'm sure they eventually started calling themselves Christians and stuff, but people of the way, disciples, brothers, uh, saints, um, you know, if we're going to try and label ourselves a Christian, it's not good enough to just call ourselves a Christian or show up to church, you know, a few Sundays a month or whatever. That doesn't make us a Christian. What makes us a Christian 
is following in the footsteps of Christ, which means following in the footsteps of the apostles. So when we go and we see the apostles doing what Christ told them to do, or writing the scriptures um, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, we should be obeying and doing those things. That's what makes us a Christian. And what makes Christmas special is that Christ came. And this is a time that people have decided to celebrate the birth of Christ. Uh, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not one of these uh, Facebook or YouTube people that are out there. Um, you know, every holiday that comes around, it's like you know, this this is pagan, and we shouldn't be doing this. And listen, um, give it a rest, okay? If you have a personal conviction about something like that, praise God, you. Listen to listen to your personal conviction. Allow the Holy Spirit to move on you. If maybe maybe there's a legitimate reason, you know, it could be somebody doesn't celebrate something like Halloween uh, because I mean they legitimately have a conviction against it. Totally awesome. That's great. I think you should do that. Um, but I don't think you know. Oh, don't you understand the pagan origins of Easter and what it really? Listen, uh, as a Christian, I am not celebrating some. Uh, some holiday um, about uh, paganism and birth and fertility. I'm not doing that. I am celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? Uh, Christmas time, I'm not thinking about winter solstice. Doesn't even cross my mind. Uh, I'm thinking about Jesus and probably Santa Claus too. But again, that's that that's the issue is we get people caught up on some of this nonsense. And then, you know, if you look at most of the time, those folks who again, if you've got a personal conviction you're doing with your family, good deal. But most of the people that if you if you look at them, somebody that jumps on Facebook and writes some big long thing about how we shouldn't be celebrating Christmas and Christmas trees are pagan, if you if you were to actually look and examine their life, most of the time there is unbalance. There is very little consistency in just living a life of obedience to Jesus. There is almost no fruit of discipleship where you see them actually working with people, making disciples, having an impact in the kingdom of God. And so they need to get that first before they start preaching on Facebook or YouTube. And I haven't seen any comments on Facebook uh, or watch a single video on YouTube of anti-Christmas or anti-Easter, uh, anything, probably in years. Uh, sometimes I hear about it. I have seen them in the past. Uh, but most of those folks I defriend uh, or at the very least block because that's utter nonsense. Um, I'm just saying this because people do get hung up on some of the... They, 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 they major on minors and they minor on majors. And we should be people that are balanced... And if we have personal convictions, we should listen to the Holy Spirit and follow those. But as Corinthians teaches, as Colossians teaches, we should not take our personal convictions and push them on everybody else. That is wrong, according to the Scriptures. So we do need to be careful. Um, now, I said all that to say this. I'm not against Christmas at all. I'm not against having a Christmas tree. I'm not against decorating your house. If you want, if it looks like the North Pole bomb, you know, just threw up all over your house, and you got lights and and trinkets and you know uh, lawn ornaments and blow up 
Santas or whatever, I'm not saying that's wrong or bad. I'm saying if we're Christians, let's make sure that that is a centerpiece in what we're doing. Have the Santa, have the reindeer, you know, drink the eggnog and listen to some Christmas tunes, jingle bells, whatever, and have fun with the kids. But make sure those children know we're having all this fun and stuff, but listen, Jesus Christ is the focal point. This is what we're celebrating. This is why it's called Christmas. And let's go, let's go look at a couple, just a couple of quick scriptures here as to what Christmas really means. What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the birth of Christ, right? Well, why is that important? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If we're celebrating Christ this holiday season, do you know what Christ wants? How many people would love to give Jesus a gift? You would like to give Jesus a gift. I mean, in all the giving and getting that goes on in our consumer-driven society, wouldn't it be nice to give Jesus something that maybe he would like to get on his birthday? (laughs) We're celebrating Christ's birthday, and we're giving presents to everybody except him. Um, You know what he wants? He doesn't just want people to go to a Christmas service and raise their hand and say, I believe. He doesn't want people to go out, run out, and buy a nativity scene and put it on their lawn so that everybody in the neighborhood knows, oh, those must be good Christian people. Um, He doesn't want us to... Uh, tell our kids we're not allowed to have fun, we're not allowed to open presents, we're not allowed to you know, partake in any of these horrible pagan, you know, this pagan uh, rivalry. Revelry, not rivalry. Revelry. We're not allowed to, we, we're not going to participate in that. We're going to believe in God. You know what he really wants? He wants you and me to be made free from sin. That means we don't sin. He wants us to lean on Him, to trust in Him, to obey Him. Now, again, go listen to the podcast on Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. I'm not going to rehash those. That's what He wants. That He came for what? To save His people from their sins. Not to make His people feel better about themselves while they continue sinning and then take them to heaven even though they're sinners. That's not taught in Scripture. He wants to save us from sin. Sin destroys. Sin weighs down. Sin breaks people. Sin destroys marriages. Sin destroys homes. Sin destroys societies. Sin breaks up churches. Sin destroys and and, uh, beats down our brothers and sisters. Sin ultimately destroys us. Sin could be, I'll say with quotes, right, fun for a season, Sin might be pleasurable to our flesh for a little while, but ultimately, even in this life, a life led uh, or lived in sin, ultimately, even in this life, is a life that is destroyed. And ultimately, it, it's, a, it's a tragedy, okay? So, 
if we want to give Jesus something this season, we want to honor his birth, why don't we do the thing that he came for? Again, we could set our kids down, talk about Jesus, open some presents, and not change a thing. Continue living in our sins. Continue disobeying him. Continue, you know, being out of fellowship with him and the people of God. We could do that. And we might even feel a little bit better about, we might even think we're better than our neighbors over there. I mean, they're over there having a good time, but it's all about Santa. And we are telling the Christmas story, the real Christmas story, not the one where you don't want to get your eye shot out with the Red Rider BB gun, the real Christmas story, the story of Christ. We take 15 minutes and tell our children and talk about Jesus. Oh, aren't we so holy? And then <laughs> the next day, we hit the daily grind and we barely give Jesus a second thought. We put work before God. We put pleasure before God. Maybe it's hunting or entertainment or uh, we put money before God. We put materialism before God. We put everything before him. But my goodness, let's celebrate Christmas. Why don't we step back and think, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be celebrating Jesus' birth. What does Jesus want on his birthday? I'll bet you he wants people to do what he actually came into the world for, and that is to be saved from their sins. Just throwing it out there. Uh, 1 John 3 and 8. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Just in case it wasn't clear. Uh, let's go back to verse 7, actually. No, I like verse 6, too. Oh, come on. This is gonna, I'm going to end up reading the entirety of 1 John. I love I love 1 John. Um, I love the entire Bible. Um, let's just go to, let's just go to verse 1. We're going to go first, 1 John. Why not? We got some time. We're only, what, 20 minutes into the podcast. 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Very interesting, right? I'm, I'm fine with having fun celebrating these people who, you know, I'm sorry. People who don't know how to enjoy life have a good time. I don't mean sin. I don't mean even getting into gray areas. I'm just saying enjoy life. Life is meant to be an enjoyment. We're, yes, in God, but not just at church and not just when we're praying. God wants us to enjoy the creation that he has provided. Yes, we take dominion. Yes, we we fight the war against Satan. Yes, we're trying to we're in a battle. Yeah, but God created all of this, animals, uh vegetation, the universe to be explored, to be enjoyed. And these sourpuss like always seem to be just look doobie down Christians. But by God, I'm holy. Not really. <laughs> Actually, bummer. You're not enjoying life, and you're not even achieving true holiness. It's a double whammo. Learn how to enjoy the things God has provided. Now, again, I am not saying that we should be worldly. We should be carnal. I'm not. There's a balance between having a carnal mind, just being carnal, and being a godly person who follows after righteousness, who can enjoy life and the things God has provided. We should do that, okay? But in doing that, 
The world is going to hate us because we will not partake and be part of the world and its systems. If everybody speaks good of you, if everybody gets along with you, if everybody loves you, you are doing something wrong if you are a true follower of Christ. There will be people who don't really like you. There will be people who don't want to hear righteousness come from your lips. Although they'll take the grace, they'll take the mercy, they'll take the, oh, we just love people. But better not say anything about righteousness. Better not say anything about putting God first. Better not say anything about... (laughs) Why? Because they don't know God. Verse 2, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is, and everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies Himself as He is pure. Now, Again, people who truly have the hope in Christ, what do they do? They purify themselves. Um, Corinthians says to purify yourselves of all filthiness of flesh and spirit. So it's not just a spiritual thing, I'm, I'm carnal and sinful on the outside, but oh, I love Jesus on the inside. That's nowhere in Scripture either. That is not a scriptural concept. just isn't. We love Jesus. We're looking for that blessed hope, his return. We are hopeful for that. Uh, We want to see him ruling and reigning as he is right now in the world, but we want to see that in a greater measure. Guess what we do? We purify ourselves. Well, I thought it was through Jesus Christ. Well, the only reason it's possible is through Jesus, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. But yes, we have to take action, (laughs) okay? We have to. There's things we have to stop doing. There's things we have to start doing, okay? Jesus doesn't come and, you know, grab our face and open up the Bible and read it to us every night. We need to read the Bible. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in fellowship with the body of Christ. These are things that we do. We need to be purifying ourselves. Verse 4, everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. That connects directly with Matthew one twenty one, which we already read. He appeared to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. No one who abides in him. Oh, talk about the abiding. I just want to abide. I just want to be in the presence of God. I just want to abide in him. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Stop right here. Okay, there's a little semicolon, and I'm going to stop. And these are my words. A little explanation. (laughs) When you put on an extra syllable to a word, it makes it sound smarter. An explanation. Um, So... No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. If we are abiding in Christ, we are not going to live in sin. You can go back to 1 John chapter 1. If we sin, right, we have confession, we have repentance, if we sin. But people who think, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and what they really mean by that is, I'm going to keep on sinning, but thank goodness for grace, that's not a biblical concept. I don't know what Jesus they're serving, but that's not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible came to save his people from their sins. He appeared to take away sins. And that if we abide in him, we don't keep on sinning. The Jesus in the Bible told people, go and sin no more. So that's that's the Jesus of the Bible. And if we want to give him what he wants this holiday season for his birthday, he's looking for people to live in righteousness, to walk in righteousness. So, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Now, again, how can we, as Christians, 
give Jesus anything less than what he wants. He wants us to stop doing the things of the world, stop doing the things of our former life, stop sinning, stop walking in disobedience, and turn toward him, follow him, love him, and obey him. That's what he wants. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Now again, this is I love how people try to, oh, it's, I, I just I am clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And what they mean is, don't look at my actions because if you see that, you're going to think I'm unrighteous. But just think about Jesus. That is anti-biblical. That is anti-Christ. That is not true. Jesus says this, let no one deceive you. Why, why, why would you say that? Why would you lead in with little children, let no one deceive you? Because it's a deceptive thing. It sounds kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, it's the righteousness of Christ. I can just keep on sinning, live however I want, doesn't even matter. Don't have to practice righteousness. It's the righteousness of Christ. I can't do it myself. That's right, we can't do it ourselves. What's the evidence that we have the righteousness of Christ? We practice righteousness. <laughs> that's, oh, that's what the Bible teaches. So uh, are you going to make mistakes? Absolutely. The Bible is pretty clear that if somebody sins, we have an advocate. Confess and repent. Get back on the horse. Let's go. Um, but to pretend that we're not supposed to be trying to practice righteousness, we're not supposed to be trying to purify ourselves, that's ridiculous. And then, uh, again, how do you know when someone's righteous? They practice righteousness. So it's not even something that's internal that I can't see, you can't see, you can't tell if I'm righteous. Well, maybe not if you first met me and we just have a conversation, maybe you can't. But over time, getting to know someone, you can tell whether they're practicing righteousness or not. So yes, it is a visible thing. It's something that you and I can see that someone practices righteousness. Now, can they have inner sin in their heart that you can't see, pride or unforgiveness? Yes, yes, of course. So the outside doesn't tell the whole story, but it is part of the story. So they could look fine on the outside and their inside be corrupt and terrible. But if they're good on the inside, or if they're Christian, if they're godly on the inside, it will show forth on the outside. So if you don't see it on the outside, whatever's on the inside isn't, isn't having the effect it's supposed to, or is just talk. In a lot of cases, that's what it is. So then we get to verse 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Of the devil. Whoa. Now again, when you look at this, practices righteousness versus makes a practice of sinning. It doesn't mean fell into some temptation, you messed up, then you confess and you repent. This is talking about people who they're just going to live, they're going to continue to live in sin. They are of the devil. I don't care if they go to church or not. It doesn't say they're of the devil, but if they go to church every Sunday, then maybe, no, no, no. If we are just okay with living in sin, we are of the devil. And what does that mean? That just means we need to come out of that and into Christ, right? We Like everybody has to do. Every person, nobody is Jesus was born without sin. We are not. So every person has had to do that, but let's not deceive ourselves or let other people deceive us. That is required. So then uh, the kind of the pivotal portion of verse uh, 8 that I want to get to, the reason the Son of God appeared 
was to destroy the works of the devil. Why was Jesus here? To destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the bondage, the darkness, the confusion, the deception. He came to free us from our sins. And then Jesus goes on, and I'm going to end here with uh, Matthew 16, because Jesus actually expressed um, a a desire um, for... Oh, you know what? I actually want to go to one more place. Sorry, I said Matthew 16. I'm going to end it. Um, but Jesus, in a couple of places, gives us some insight into what, what else. Because he, he wants us ultimately to be saved from sin. But that's not the... That, that's like that first step. It's like being born again, right? When we are born again, we are uh, a, a newborn baby. Well, there's, there's growing up to do. There's um, living to do. There's things to learn and grow in. I mean, that, that's the beginning. Jesus doesn't want us just to live as babies. He wants us to grow and develop. So, two more verses. The first one is Matthew 9, 38. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his, his harvest. Jesus came to save people from sin, but he's asking us, hey, once you're saved, once when you're in that discipleship vein, you then go and help in this endeavor. He wants us to reach out to other people. And the last one is Matthew 16, <coughs> very popular portion of Scripture. We're going to read verse, uh, starting with verse 18 here. It says, And I tell you, you're Peter on this rock, I, Jesus, will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus wants us to infiltrate this world with the kingdom of God. So, if we want to start giving Jesus what he wants, and that ties with, with Matthew 9, right? Going into the harvest is doing this right here. It is the church going forth with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and bringing light to darkness. He doesn't just want us to, you know, be saved and be glad our family's saved and then just sit on a church pew until we until we croak. He wants us to get active in the fight, active in the labor, active in the kingdom, in his kingdom. And so, again, this is something we can give Jesus for his quote-unquote birthday, right? We're celebrating the birth of Christ. Well, Jesus is right now in heaven, at the right hand of the Father. He is reigning, ruling, right? 1 Corinthians 15. And he is um, the head of the church. He's overseeing the affairs of the church. Let's give him a birthday present. What is it? Is it he needs us to go and make a million dollars and give it to him? He needs us to, you know, do some, some incredible... A feat to prove our worth or to... No, 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 no. 
He just wants us to bow our knee to him. Be saved from our sins, right? Through the gospel, obviously, we know the the death, burial, and resurrection, the, the born-again experience. So, what's it going to be? Are we going to do what we want to do this holiday season? Are we going to give Jesus what we want to give him? Are we going to do our own thing? Or can we look in the scriptures and say Jesus is asking for a couple of very simple things? Let's come out of sin and let's push the kingdom of heaven forward. And I would say in that situation, at that point in time, we really are doing Jesus a solid. We are really doing his will. We are really honoring his birth and why he came. Why? Because we are doing what he is asking. We are living in the reason he came in the first place. And so celebrate that Christmas with those those kids, the family. Have a great time. Have fun. Enjoy it. But let's honor Christ during Christmas by actually doing and being what Jesus desires. So I love you guys. God bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. And we will catch you on Christmas.